Hello, dudes, dudettes, duders, dudinos, dudaluders, and dudifferences. Welcome to the Hollywood Fishbowl. I am Jesse Kester, and today I am joined by Marika Lockridge. Hello, how are you? Hello. I got to turn down the reverb on your mic. That was way too sick. That was dope. Uh, we are continuing. This is week three of four. What is the theme for this week? Community organizers? Yeah. So in order to kind of, um, so then in week one, we, we had a chance to talk to Mike Murase, who was a community activist and really helped to kind of work on the community building, um, like starting from like 40 years back of little mm-hmm. Tokyo. And then we kind of wanted to make sure that we also kind of fast forwarded to today and speak yes. to community organizers who are responsible for bridging the gaps between art and community business and community nonprofit and community politics and community. Yes, and the yes. people we're speaking with this week, they both do that very well and with so much enthusiasm. Yes. And first up, uh, bringing no shortage of enthusiasm whatsoever and a one-of-a-kind laugh is uh, Scott Oshima. What can, what can you say about them? Scott is wonderful. Like, not only... So I learned so much from Scott because they make sure to constantly be including everyone that I think is often forgot about when you do community planning. Um, most importantly, Scott's background is in art activism. Mm-hmm. And so Scott is really, really passionate about making sure that artists are included in that conversation about community planning, whether it's community artwork, whether it's working with small businesses or live performances. Um, Scott does a really great job with that. And what I really appreciate about what they do is taking small businesses and working with them mm-hmm. instead of asking small businesses to do all this work to include artists Scott and his Scott and their team are figuring out how do we make it as easy as possible yes. for small businesses to work together with artists and I think yes, that's yes, something yes, yes, that yes. everyone can kind of learn from Scott's experiences because sometimes when you're community organizing, I have all these great ideas and everyone else is going to think they're great too without actually thinking about who will carry them out and yeah. are they actually practical? And uh, I think I think they frame a lot of the questions as, here's the idea that we have. How could this best be bent to service your business? Mm-hmm. How how can we uh, take this idea and grow it with you, mm-hmm. not just shovel it on you and you put it up in the window or whatever it is? Yeah, it's a very collaborative, very inclusive uh, approach. Mm-hmm. that Scott brings to the table and a delightful laugh. Get ready for it. Oh, I love Scott. This is such a wonderful episode. I always, whenever I'm asked to, um, so really quick shout out, if you listen to Scott's episode or any of these episodes of Little Tokyo and you're like, I want to learn more about Little Tokyo, there are a number of people who provide walking tours for uh, a range of different fees, which all end up going back to nonprofits. And mm-hmm. Scott, I've been on Scott Oshima's tour several times. It's one of my Wait, favorite- Wait, they do a tour- he, Scott does a tour of Little Tokyo and... Um, How much and when? So it depends on the size of the group and Me? you're welcome to... <laughs> to we, we, could, we could even organize a group. If I got enough people requests, I would organize a group and ask Scott to lead it um, because when they do a, a tour of Little Tokyo... There's a lot of discussing the history, but also Scott is able to point out a lot of the existing artwork as well as temporary artwork and explain how and why it's there. Yes. Without further, are we out of ado? There's no more ado in the aduometer, is there? No. Without further ado, we give to you the one, the only, Scott Oshima. Drops. Morpheus is fighting Neo! Hello and welcome to the Hollywood Fishbowl. I am and always have been your host, Jesse Kester. Today we are in uh, downtown Los Angeles at the little Tokyo Tokyo area of town and I am joined by the one and the only and the absolutely illustrious Scott Oshima. Scott Oshima, welcome to the program. How are you doing? Oh, good. I've been talking all day, but yeah, it's good. 
We got, can we get a little more out of you? Oh, yes. Oh, wait. <laughs> no, I mean for the rest of the show. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And Morpheus is done fighting Neo. Um, let's slow things down a little bit now that we're both amped out of our minds and ready to go. Uh, what we do at the top of the show is something that I call five in five. I'm going to ask you five questions. You have one minute to answer each question. Five questions, five minutes, five and five. Are we good? Yes. <laughs> All right. As we go, you will get beeps to cut you off. These beeps are to help you, not to hurt you, because we upload this to Instagram where there is a one-minute limit, and you will be cut off anyway. <laughs> are we good? Oh, yeah. Have I stressed you out yet? No. no. <laughs> okay, here we go. Uh, five and five begins in five, four, three, two, one. Where did you grow up, and how did that inform your adulthood? I grew up in um, the Valley with a capital V, which is San Fernando Valley. Um, I think it's a suburb of L.A. And so I always talk about growing up in L.A. as being a series of concentric circles starting in a tiny suburb and then, you know, becoming more and more mobile. So by the time I was a teenager, having a car and driving on freeways and getting out and farther and farther away from my home and family. What Um, was your first car? My first car, oh, I think it was a two-door Ford Focus. Excellent choice. I don't remember. It was a hand-me-down. I don't remember. Of course it was a hand-me-down. Oh, yeah. I just bought myself a car. All right. What, by concentric circles, where, where, how far out are you getting when in, in high school? Yeah, are you going so, out to the <laughs> desert at all? Well, it, and you have two seconds oh. to answer. Sorry, time's up. No. <laughs> all right. Question two coming your way. Are you ready? Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. What is the must engage media, the book, the movie, the album, the television show that unlocked the secrets of the universe to your brain? <laughs> Um, I mean, pr- probably nothing has unlocked the secrets to my brain, uh, but, um, but I think probably Hanya Yanagihara's A Little Life at least was the first book to make me sob like Julianne Moore. Uh, so <laughs> I don't know. I'd say that probably unlocks something and maybe something that shouldn't have been unlocked. Um, what is the basic, what is the book? I don't, I don't know the title. It is a story about four best friends in New York city. Uh, so it's about like male friendship and queer relationships and uh, like really horrific tragedy. And <laughs> how old were you when this landed in your lap? Oh, I mean, 27? I don't know. 28? Okay. Yeah. Awesome. I'd love to ask you more questions, but I I cannot. (laughs) Time's up. Question number three. What brings you the greatest joy in your life? Oh, God. (laughs) Um, Probably hiding in a used bookstore with a very nice bathroom. (laughs) What the fuck? (laughs) And what are you doing in this bathroom? (laughs) Well, if you're spending, you know, multiple hours in a used bookstore, you need a good bathroom. (laughs) So that's like, yeah, I mean, that's the joy. Like used bookstores are like my like best place to like of relaxation. It's like where I go to hide um, and just explore and like find random obscure things as well as like books that I want to read. Um, but yeah, bathroom is key because where else what are you going to do? Do you go for the bookshops with the cafe inside of it? And if so, what's one that you can recommend that's bookshop slash cafe? A bookshop and cafe. Oh, uh, oh we'd <laughs> love to get that answer, but... <laughs> Question number four, what gets under your skin? Oh, um... Uh, I think people that um, like have no patience or ridicule people with different abilities. Um, I think like as one example, my partner has a stutter and I think Mm -hmm. people get really easily frustrated um, not recognizing what it means to have a stutter. So I think those kinds of situations are things that really just make me feel like screaming at people, which is also not a good response, but also I'm just like, <laughs> no, it's not going to bring, bring them over to your side. No, just just no. Uh, blanket screaming. Oh yeah. But I, you know, screaming sometimes helps <laughs> at least me. Awesome. That's a huge answer. Um, 
you forfeit the last 10 seconds oh god oh you're okay we're let's go on to the next one <laughs> i'm like trying to be really concise and no, i just have too no, much. that was a big one um final question nice. are you ready i'm ready i'm scared how would you explain little tokyo to somebody who has never been there before <laughs> um i would say that um you know little tokyo is I mean, it's similar to a lot of places in L.A. Um, it's a, an intersection of a lot of different communities and holds many, many layers of history. Um, I think, you know, obviously what makes it unique is that it's a historic Japan town. But I think this um, community and how it's fought for our culture and history um, is something that, yeah, I, mean, I think I would I would hope to see, you know, across the country, across many cities. But um it's also just a place that's been really important to my family and to me personally. So I'd probably tell them stories about my family coming here, um, you know, post-war buying goods and um, it being one of the only places where they could buy things. You know, yeah. And you have made it through five and five. And I would like to say congratulations. May I? Yes. All right. Ah! <laughs> congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's how we celebrate uh, five in five. You made it. We're going to stress sweat. <laughs> we're going to slow things down a little uh, bit. You have made yeah. it through the most difficult aspects of the program. What I'd like to do is back up a little bit and get a sense of who you are. And I feel like we've got a really nice in there that you mentioned your family was here after the war. You're how far, how many generations back is that? That, Oh yeah, so that I mean that goes back two generations, but my family's been here in LA for I'm so I'm the fourth generation, so my um, family's been here since my great grandparents on both my sides. So I'm actually fourth generation Japanese Chinese American, so fourth mm -hmm. generation on both sides, and fourth generation here in LA. Okay, so um, do you do you have any like emotional connection to that to that that history here like do, do you feel that or by the time you're fourth generation is it is it are you more angelino than you are japanese or chinese yeah i mean i think those things aren't mutually exclusive so i'm both yeah i'm both you know i don't even actually even i'm afraid of the word angelino okay. <laughs> I don't know why. but yeah i mean being you know from los angeles and japanese chinese american i think are like pretty integral parts of my identity and my mm -hmm. like sense of the world um and i think you know i was also kind of at least the role of the city and i think and specifically little tokyo uh, with my family i was always told by my father like oh you always have to support little tokyo because you know they um he grew up in north san diego county and san diego is a military town and so after the war um, they wouldn't let uh, my family or japanese americans you know buy groceries or buy yeah. home goods so they would have to drive two hours north to los angeles um to so yeah to just get like dishes or yeah, grocery yeah. shopping without having to face extreme racism. Um, and then being yeah, a part of my family, obviously, um, was here in L.A. or in Boyle Heights or mm -hmm. um, in, the, in the suburbs. So uh, you kind of I'm, I'm getting the feeling you took that advice to heart that you have to stay involved and keep an eye on little Tokyo. <laughs> and <laughs> As my full time job. Build your entire life around. <laughs> So what, what kind of bummer would it be if you found out that your dad was like, yeah, I, I was just being flipped. I was, a, I was being sarcastic. I didn't mean any of that. I mean, that wouldn't surprise me. Would that <laughs> turn like, your life I, upside down or would you keep, no, would you stay here? No, no, I mean, he would probably be, tell me that he didn't remember ever saying that actually. I'd be like, I don't know what you're talking about. But um, I mean, no, I mean, Little Tokyo was always a big part of my childhood, but uh, you know, to be honest, I hadn't become as active politically as I am in Little Tokyo specifically until the last um, just over a year and a half now. Um, before then, I was doing more um, organizing, like anti-displacement organizing in uh, my neighborhood in Northeast LA and Atwater and the surrounding communities. So, um, but it, like, but, but always, you know, my art practice and, you know, my general interests were always around the API or Asian American Pacific Islander community here in LA and specifically my family's ties to Little Tokyo and Chinatown here in downtown um but no i mean i don't i don't i don't think if my dad was like i had, i was just kidding <laughs> i would be like oh, i'm quitting my job <laughs> so like you're you're active 
as an activist. Yeah. When does that start? Is that high school? Like, do you, are you pissed off? Like, what gets you into activism <laughs> in the first place? You don't um, seem like a like a like a rage motivated fella. No, no, uh, probably I'm not the most angry <laughs> activist. Um, I think, but that's usually what, yeah. what pulls them out of the woodwork in the early days. Is like oh, that yeah. feeling of like this is completely broken, and I've got to be there to fix it. Yeah, um, I would say probably. Um, you know, I grew up in a family that was very involved. So my mother's side of the family is Chinese American, and they were very involved in the Chinese American community here in LA and also in Sacramento. Um, so I think like some of that kind of care and concern for our community was something that I grew up with and I saw and I saw the importance of, you know, maintaining our history and sharing it. Um, but I think in terms of my own like getting politically activated was probably, you know, at the point that I realized that I identified as queer. And I think that, um, you How know, old are you, are you when that one hits? Probably 14 or 15, okay, 14 or 15. Okay. Um, and so I think, you know, that in an experience, yeah, I think a lot of people become politically active in response, um, yeah. to like just facing everyday oppression, um, that you kind of respond in reaction formation. You try to find your community, you try to fight back. Um, so I think it started there, um, just getting involved with the queer community, um, trying to find a place where I felt like I could be open and belong. Um, and then I think it kind of changed through my life. Um, I think uh, as I started to see the n changes in my own neighborhood and seeing neighbor like neighbors being priced out of their apartments or people being evicted, then then I then I think I started to shift, you know, where I wanted to put my energy and time, and it, it kind of went more towards community organizing against displacement and evictions, and then um, just kind of a collision of a lot of interest ended up. You know, I found myself here in Little Tokyo. Yeah, yeah. See, so you're you're introducing a world I've never seen before right now, and uh, I'll explain what I mean by that in the following sentences. Here we go. Uh, when I might I might be making the mistake of impressing my experience on the rest of the world, and any any time I've been involved in activism, it was because I was super duper pissed off about something. Mm -hmm. So to hear you talking about it, like it it came from a place of familial compassion and a, an inspiration from compassion. That like it's it's inverting the entire equation about activism <laughs> in my head. So thank you for that. <laughs> Was your family, like, were they good with the coming out process? Did they help you along or was there some pushback? Like, um, for the most part, they, and were, we're not, we, I'm yeah. not going to make you throw anyone under the bus in your family who gave <laughs> like, you a hard Hello, family. Yeah. <laughs> I'm calling you out. No, no, no. I was, I was very lucky, um, very privileged, um, in, to ha in having a, like a pretty uh, accepting family. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Even, even the family that I was the most afraid of, um, because they were, you know, very devout Christians actually surprised me and being very accepting. So I'm lucky in that way. Um, but you know, I also take that, you know, relative, you know, I, I also recognize that's also a part of what it means to be in this place and this time and this city that a lot of folks aren't that lucky um, or, yeah. have, or even have the ability to come out um, yeah, or whatever yeah, yeah. that means to people. Like it's a constant process. But Did you hold on to any of that Christianity? Christianity. Did you inherit some Christianity? Not really. Like does that, is, did that make it into your heart or any religion at all? I'm not trying to pigeonhole you as one, but do you, <laughs> do you talk to God at all? Uh, no. Um, my family or on my dad's side were, I mean, pretty much non-practicing Buddhists. Um, Actually, I don't know. Too. Isn't that like yeah. the, that means you've attained the highest level of Buddhism if oh, you can just, do it without practicing? Like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, my mother's side are, are um, Christian, um, Presbyterian Christian. Okay. And no, I mean none of it. It didn't quite resonate with me as much as I appreciate um, the community and appreciate. And respect um, their faith. Um, yeah, it's it's it hasn't been a role in my life yet. Okay. Yeah. See, that's exactly like one to one ratio where I'm at. Uh, my, my 
Christian family growing up, but a lot of Buddhist influences. And at this mm-hmm. point, I'm just like, it's all good. I'm happy for your faith, but yeah. I, I don't experience it that way mm-hmm. kind of thing. Uh, so you have compassion, something that I don't really experience on a day-to-day basis. It <laughs> turns into activism. When do you make your way out to, to little Tokyo? Like how, how, how do you get out here? Oh, yeah. So a job. Mm-hmm. Um, I had previously... Wait, wait, before we get to that, yeah. your shirt's wild, man. I love that oh. shirt a lot. <laughs> it's a little bit like Rocco's Modern Life meets no, I was like thinking it was like or something. <laughs> Nickelodeon 100% designed yeah. that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mid-90s. 94 Nickelodeon. I uh, led a... His, where do you, his, his, oh. where do, you do your shopping for these shirts? <laughs> I mean, this, I think I've found it a, like a craft fair somewhere in LA Um, but usually I just like go used clothing shopping or recycled clothing okay total win for the team trying to find the most obnoxious shirt I can possible (laughs) it's it uh, it's noticeable (laughs) am I making you sweat no, it's okay, just, good, good, good. hot in here. <laughs> no, it is, it is. And we oh, have yeah, to keep the AC oh, off because yeah. of the audio thing. No, because you're torturing me. Yes. Uh, yeah, also the, the burners and coals and the yeah. irons that are uh, <laughs> branding you right now. Those uh-huh, are, uh-huh. So how do you get? How do you land in Little Tokyo? Is it they the job? What is the job that pulls you? Do you apply for it or do they just know that you're the guy so they call you up? Like, how do you, how do you <laughs> land here? Yeah, so... I mean, actually, some um, some friends had actually. So I hadn't even discovered it on my own. Some friends saw the position and said, "This is for you." And, and I, um, so I had been uh, previously been working primarily in community arts nonprofits, like mostly youth arts education programs. Um, like really, just like trying to use my art skills and share them, and try to make arts more accessible for the broader community in LA, especially low income families and kids. Um, so I had been doing, you know, arts administrative work and teaching. Um, and then on my own time, I had been volunteering with the Los Angeles Tenants Union, um, doing anti-eviction and anti-displacement organizing in Northeast LA. Um, and then for my own art practice, I had kind of shifted gears trying to balance a full-time job. Um, organizing other artists um, around um, projects that were in dialogue with issues in the city of LA, Um, not just gentrification, that was definitely kind of the heart of what I was looking at. And so all of these interests sort of collided in this magical unicorn job, Mm -hmm. um, which is which is uh, becoming the lead community organizer at at Japanese American Cultural and Community Center and um, being a project manager for a community initiative that's really like arts driven. Um, So really like using the arts and working with artists um, to protect this historic community. Um, and so it was like, oh, wow, like my skills as an administrator, my you know, work as an artist and my like volunteering time doing anti-displacement work all collided in this in this job um, that like in many ways was just like, oh, I get to find something that pays me to do mm-hmm. the work that I really care about. So it almost felt like it's not really a job. It's actually I just get paid doing what I love. Um, now special. you've I'm sure you've worked with with a wide range of, of artists in the little Tokyo community is that mm-hmm. a, a safe assumption yeah mm-hmm. we love to get messy on this show who was the worst artist slash person you've ever had to deal with oh no okay <laughs> oh boy Wait. don't please don't answer that was not I a know. serious I was like, question ping. <laughs> I'm like I'll never work with <laughs> please no. don't we aren't here to throw shade we're just here to get an idea <laughs> I'm like actually I can't even really think of one because <laughs> they've all been such a such a pleasure. I thought that that's sounds, that the sounds fake, but that's no, actually I, true. No, I believe it. I will. Be, after like just chatting with you and knowing your personality, I believe that one hundred percent. Let's let's talk about this community in this town and kind of what what you're working on um, and and why. What, what? How do we stand to benefit from art? Yeah. Oh, you big question. Yeah. I mean, so I think what, what's interesting about the work that we're doing in Little Tokyo, and this is, we're not the only community doing this work, of course. Um, but I think, you know, part of what's interesting is that a lot of the contemporary conversation about art and its impact or role in communities 
um, currently is about the you know the role of art and artists in gentrification and like art artists being used by developers as a marketing tool um, or 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 um, art uh, like creating the like you know quote unquote like cultural cultural vibrancy of a neighborhood that suddenly makes it ripe for development and and um, and, and so. I think this is this is the flip side of that conversation, which is um, something that this community has always recognized. Uh, at least that's how I feel. They've always kind of understood that art has been art and culture have been an integral part of the growth of this community. You know, there's stories of um, like during the depression of like small businesses pulling together funds so that local artists can can continue to make art. You know, despite having very little work um, that, that the neighborhood understood that art was really important. Yeah. Uh, like Nisei week, uh, which is an annual uh, festival um, started because like the small businesses were struggling and they thought, well, how do we bring people back into this community? And so they created a festival to celebrate our traditional arts and culture. And that that became and continues to be a big draw to this community that it's, it's mutually beneficial. Um, so art, you know, not only, you know, can create community and support community. Um, but yeah, is a, is a major part of a neighborhood um, and the expression of a, of a culture and a, and a history. Um, yeah. What media do you work in? Like when you're, you do, I imagine you do art. Am I out of my league on that assumption? Oh yeah. I what, do, what, yes. what do you make yourself? Yeah. So I work in photography mostly. What are you uh, shooting on? What's your camera? Very, what's, what's your weapon of choice? Not my weapon. It's a, it's a Nike, it's a digital Nikon D610. Okay. Uh, but bef- before working digital, I shot mostly four by five actually, like just straight up analog, but that's very expensive. Um, so I kind of shifted gears to digital and, and my practice is kind of all over the place. So I primarily do photo, but I also do performance and obviously arts organizing. Um, but currently I'm working on, a, it's not at all very far off from what I do here. I'm, I'm doing a documentary photo project about the history of the Japanese American community in Barrio Logan, which is um, a neighborhood in San Diego mm-hmm. that also um, is currently facing the displacement of an of its current community which is primarily chicanx latinx um mm-hmm. so kind of just paralleling two kinds of displacements of communities of color in that neighborhood okay yeah all right oh bye thank you for coming by. listening to the rest of this oh god my next question my next question is a two-parter and i'm going to ask you the second part first and then I'm going to ask you the first part second, knowing that the first part is meant to be building to the second part. Does any of that make any sense? I'm just going to go with it. Oh, right. <laughs> so uh, the question is, I'm seeing you as a, a community organizer who works a lot with local small businesses and a lot in the arts and looking for the the intersection of those two to build a stronger sense of community within within the little Tokyo area. Is that safe so far? What have I gotten wrong there? Yeah. <laughs> yes, I mean it's. I mean it's not just to build a sense of community. I, of uh, course, there's more than that. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So the question coming up um, is, what initiatives of yours have worked, and why? The question that will lead into that is, um, how is the little Tokyo community similar to other districts in LA and other small areas of larger cities around the world. Mm-hmm. And how is it different? The The idea of this part of the conversation is to try to not just understand where we are, but if you have cracked some codes, if you have seen the DNA of a successful project in in, in the area in which you work, mm-hmm. uh, how how could that be, be understood and used as an influence for other communities like little Tokyo? How is that for a huge question? Yeah, I feel like I needed to write a list. <laughs> okay, yes, I'm ready. So the first question is like, yeah. how, how is this district That's... similar to and different from other districts, not just in Los Angeles, but in your average metropolitan area? Yeah, so let's see. Or is the first question the art project, <laughs> the successful projects? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's leading up to like, anyway. what, what are some of your initiatives that you feel yeah. like have been successful? Yeah. The idea being that if other people are tuning into this program and they are interested in the area Oh, I'm answering of, the second part first. Okay, <laughs> Okay, you can do whatever you want. I'm ready, I'm ready, this is I'm off ready. the rails. Go for it. <laughs> um, okay, so, I mean, Little Tokyo is... N- 
its formation is definitely not a unique. It's a sad story, but um, Little Tokyo, you know, 134 years ago, um, was one of the few neighborhoods in LA where um, Japanese and Japanese Americans could live and own businesses because of racial redlining and racial covenants that prevented many communities of color from living in particular neighborhoods. Um, so that's the story of, you know, parts of East LA. That's the story of South LA. That's, that's not a unique story in terms of like the, the creation of a community. Um, and so this was legal zoning in LA that the Japanese are only allowed to do business in this area. That was like in some cities, you like, there's that feeling that they all kind of congregated because they had shared a cultural heritage. Yeah. So there's going to be a block where all the Polish people hang out because they all recommended the neighboring apartment when their friend or family moved in from Poland. But here it's legal zoning. This was red lines. Yeah. So this was institutionalized. I mean, some of it, like the racial, racial covenants weren't necessarily like institutional, but they were certainly, de facto. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, it it is the case that here um, it started because it was one of the few places where Japanese and Japanese Americans could live, but then it blossomed into being this like, you know, place where you would go to find, you know, your temple. It would be the place you could go where you could find other folks that spoke Japanese. And Um, we're still talking pre-war at this point, right? Oh yeah. Like Mm -hmm. it starts to become a, a, a hub of, of not, fun, but of community and like something that people go to in their free time as well, not just to sell and buy yeah, and, at the market. And, and a place to live as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That it's a home. It's becoming a home to people. And looking over some of the old photos, it's not just, it's a vibrant home. Like it's yeah. a community that's having a, a good time building their lives together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then what happens? Oh. It goes well, then, smoothly for a hundred years, yes. correct? Um, well, no. <laughs> oh, we wish. Um and then, uh, then Little Tokyo survived and persevered through, you know, multiple waves. We call them waves of displacement. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, outside forces reshaping this community. So, it, um, the three very quickly were uh, in World War II, the forced incarceration of Japanese Americans, and starting in 1942, um, that emptied the community of its Japanese American um, community members. And then um, soon after returning, uh, then there was the eminent domaining of the uh, two whole city blocks um, of Little Tokyo to um, create, to construct the LAPD headquarters, now known as Parker Center. Mm-hmm. And then the third wave in the 70s and 80s, um, there was a, there were a massive redevelopment project led by the community redevelopment agency that started to bulldoze community space despite um, community protest um, as a part of their uh, this agency's efforts to revitalize what they considered a blighted community and and you know there are other smaller waves like yeah yeah yeah, yeah that we've and and after those three waves, um, Little Tokyo is now only a quarter of the size that it was when it was historically at its largest. Um, and so we haven't ever really fully recovered from how much land and space we lost, but it continues to be that cultural home that it has always yeah. been. Yeah, It's wild. Uh, we talked to Mike Murase on this program and I've been looking through it. Have you seen the book that he oh, edited, yeah. the collection of photos? Mm-hmm. It is wild because like the first 30 years of photos are like, you know, setting up shop and the opening, the grand opening of the Fujikon Theater. And here's a group of uh, aristocrats all dressed up for a Sunday night out then boom it's uh marching in lines to incarceration it's Mm -hmm. uh it's just like a complete drop off in in one page it goes from decades of growth celebration community friendship everything that you would hope a town would be and it gets shut down Mm -hmm. so so aggressively um is I got a question. I've and this is an honest question. This is not trying to be diminishing or dismissive at all. Is it a problem that it's a quarter of its size when it was at its largest? Does the community does the amount of space for the people who are here feel constrictive? As somebody who's who's observing it as a, as an organizer, mm-hmm. do you feel like like you really need to double the size or even quadruple? Like so. And you I, can plead the fifth if yeah. you don't want to answer that. Like if, if your life is spent preserving <laughs> no, no, this no, community no. and now no, you're no, going to no, be no. like, yeah, well, it doesn't I like matter. It. I mean, part of it is actually, you know, we're sandwiched between pretty massive 
redevelopment uh, projects, uh, the redevelopment of downtown and the explosion of the arts district. Um, and then, of course, from the south, you know, the, the continued growth around USC and L.A. Live mm-hmm. um, and then also the Civic Center giant expansion that's coming. Um, so we're kind of sandwiched in a position where there's actually it's not possible to um, actually like grow in terms of space. But what we are fighting for is it, is there are three pieces of public land in our community that that have always been a part of this neighborhood that we want to have developed by and for the community. So it's it's actually, it's like not, it's not quite like we want to take over and colonize or like we want more space. It's actually, we, we want to like a keep, quantity, not, or a quality, not quantity discussion yeah, that you're, it's, you're it's, spearheading. It's both the quality and what is built, but it's also, you know, what belongs to our community, that these pieces of land have always been a part of this community and they mm-hmm. could be sold off and no longer, it could be taken away from yeah, us. So yeah. it's actually like, we want to grow on those pieces of land that currently are just, you know, an empty parking lot or an empty like dirt lot. Um, and, th- and that's the place where we want to grow is like, what's our, what we actually already own, but hasn't been developed. Yeah. 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 So let's talk a little bit of, about some of the n- initiatives that you've been, you, you, that you spearheaded in your time at that. The, the title is very long as the lead community organizer <laughs> and project manager of sustainable little Tokyo at the JACCC. Yeah. Oh, three C is good. Yes. yes. <laughs> what do you, the, the third C must be the hardest one. It, people stop at two, don't they? Oh, yeah. They okay. get ACC. We're like, no, that's Chamber of Commerce. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. So, um, oh, and, and one thing just to I mean, in terms of thinking about how the organizing that's happening in Little Tokyo can serve as a model, I mean, I think it is important to know that the kind of organizing that has happened in Little Tokyo historically and which continues today is specific to this community's history. And so we, you know, to us, it's like, we don't, we don't want to be a model minority. We don't want to be like, oh, look at the Japanese Americans really figured it out. It's Mm -hmm. actually like, well, you need to understand the long history that led to where we are today. That other communities have very different histories um, and, and that every community is going to organize in a way that makes sense for them and that it should really be determined by each community. But of course, yeah, of course there are like different kinds of creative thinking and projects and collaborations and partnerships that can that can provide a model. Um, but yeah, just I think that's always important to note. Um, but I, I reckon like the the through line for any any community is how do you how do you keep the members of your community kind of active and interested in each other's well-being mm-hmm. and excited about about seeing the other members of their community on a day-to-day basis yeah. like is that kind of that that feels like it might be a question that that would govern any community organizing office it, yeah so there must be some some philosophies some approaches that you see work like play out successfully over time that that keep the local folks excited and interested and, yeah. and uh, invested in in their neighbors. Yeah. And I think the big one, you know, and why we always keep using this language, but it's that the work that we do is community community driven. So it's not, you know, me coming in as Scott Oshima, the artist. Yeah, you're not the dragging them all behind you. Yeah. Kicking and screaming. That it's really coming from the community and that that gives you know people investment that makes them care because it's there it came from them it, it was you know they were part of the idea um, yeah, and they yeah. can be part of the you know actual success of a project um, but yeah I mean it, it's all it's that um, I think it's an understanding of history and roots um, is is always motivation because when you know your roots then you want to protect them and you want them to continue to grow right it's not just like you want some dead roots in the ground you actually want like a living tree yeah. um, but it's, but yeah, I mean, uh, um, some of it is also like what we were talking about is a reaction. It's, it's, we see an enemy, we see something to fight against. And in that we're, you know, also understanding what we're fighting for. Um, so I think, 
you know, in the case of Little Tokyo, like a, there was a big boost in organizing when the Gold Station, the, sorry, the Gold Line Station here, the Little Tokyo Arts District um, Station, opened up, and the community suddenly saw an Office Depot and a Starbucks open, and we had never yeah. had a chain in this neighborhood, and suddenly the community was like, oh, like we have to, we have to just like figure, like work together now because yeah. we're yeah, up yeah, against yeah, yeah, much yeah. bigger forces. It suddenly becomes tangible, like is it, you're looking at it finally. Yeah. yeah, and I think with the regional connector, the metro regional connector um, that's literally uh, like just down the street um, that's set to open in, in 2020 as being like the second busiest transit hub in all of LA County mm-hmm. that we like saw what the gold line did to this community and the community knew okay this is something that we need to be better prepared for and and had something to fight against some something to organize around and that that always helps but then I think the other the thing to keep a community that helps, this isn't the only thing, that can help keep a community you know, engaged and excited because this work can become really exhausting and overwhelming. Yes. It never yes. ends. Yes. Is art. Like it actually is like the arts. It's the mm-hmm. thing that it's the celebration of the culture that you're trying to protect. Um, it's an expression of it. It's something to take you out of the like everyday grind. It's yep. something to to like take a moment and pause and think about these bigger picture things and think about history and think about your identity and your, um, and this artist's expression and feeling. And so I think that is a, that is a big part. Like there needs, art should always, in my mind, be a, an, an, always, and has been historically, artists have been major parts of many different activist movements, right? Um, art has been a, an integral part of every yeah. activist <laughs> movement and yeah. every fascist movement has, oh, yeah. oh, yeah. has great yes. logo design oh, yeah. mm-hmm. that starts with a good logo. <laughs> no, but here's one of the things is I've been sitting across from from folk after folk after folk who who is in, uh, deeply involved in the little Tokyo community. And y'all are seeing a white wall behind me. But behind you, like everybody I've talked to has had this frame of Ghidra covers, the magazine from the, from the 60s and 70s. Oh, yes. mm-hmm. So it's um, if you're if you're taking this in orally, if you're only listening to this podcast and you don't see any of the images from this art has been like it's been in, 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 in the DNA of the little Tokyo community in just awesome ways for as long as there's been little Tokyo and mm-hmm. art. Uh, no question in there, so you don't have to answer anything. <laughs> I, just, I like the idea of like there's a, behind me are, are generations of activism backing me up. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, are, that are like yeah. I mean, it informs my organizing. It informs everything that I do. That we're yeah. I, the work that I'm doing is an extension of what's literally directly behind me. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, the metaphor is not lost on me right now. That's. It's been very fun to have that backdrop for everyone. Like, what's the blank wall behind you mean? <laughs> I'm heaven sent, baby. What do you think it means? Um, initiatives that worked. That worked. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, let's look forward. I think uh, we've got a good foundation. We have a good understanding of the past of of Little Tokyo and kind of the 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 framework that you give your your community organizing work. Like, let's look forward. What 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 are you building? What are you trying to build? And and what are the ways that you do that? Yeah. So the long term goal for sustainable little Tokyo is the development of three pieces of public land, uh, the three last remaining pieces of public land in little Tokyo. Um, we kind of understood that with private property, there's not really there's not very much that can be done outside of zoning um, mm-hmm. and, and and outside of like really playing with property owners, which is you know not usually very successful. Uh, sometimes it is, um, but that that public land because it's public and we are the public part of the public that we should get a say on what's built there. Um, so that's been the focus is the community came together back in 2013 and when they when we realized the metro regional connector was coming and mm-hmm. thought, okay, we we can't keep thinking just always responding to the most current urgent issue. We have to think long term, you know, where we want to think about the next generation and how we can make sure this community continues and grows for the next generation. And so we thought, okay, so what we have seen and some of the successes in this community were, you know, the, the great forethought of our elders in building permanent cultural spaces that anchor this neighborhood. So, you know, places like 
Japanese American culture and community center, not just to like you know, plug my own organization, yeah. but um, you know, the religious institutions like Nishi Honganji Buddhist Temple, Koyasan Buddhist Temple, um, St. Francis Xavier Japanese Catholic Church, that these places will um, continue to help us ground and anchor the neighborhood and our history. And so how can we continue to do that? It's through public land. And so um, the community came together and determined, you know, what are the priorities? What do we want built there that will help the community and maintain our historic and cultural roots and support our legacy small businesses, provide spaces for new small businesses, like actually affordable spaces mm-hmm. um, so that it won't just be a series of Starbuckses again. Um, Straight away, I've been hanging out here for a week in this town, like popping into different coffee shops. Yes. Y'all have banging teas and coffees in this area like starbucks that they stay in business makes no sense to me when every other option is just through the roof yeah in terms of quality we are in a strange bermuda triangle of starbucks as there are three almost on three of the corners of our community um and they have for whatever reason maybe comfort um actually really impacted our small businesses the small coffee shops have they been sucking Um, up the the business yes we've heard that um one of the starbucks is the most recent one that opened um an adjacent uh small business cafe demitas um, yes actually which has excellent Tees. Yes, it's amazing. Has been really impacted because it's just across the street and it's taken away the business of the like local city workers. And so, here's the thing is Starbucks, it doesn't matter if they lose money on those three locations for five years, if they can manage to dry out other businesses, like they can play a long game that small business owners cannot possibly, there's no small yeah. business that can go five years of loss toe to toe with, with three Starbucks at their, at their doors. Yeah. And part of the, I mean, they, the Starbucks had opened in that building, you know, that Starbucks is like one of the only, um, businesses that could afford the rent of that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, yeah, it's, it, that's what we're fighting against is to, you know, continue to like Cafe Demitas is a great example of a very community supportive small business that we want to support, um, mm-hmm. that we want, that's been a, you know, become a really big part of our community. And we want to see more of that and more opportunities for small business entrepreneurs and, and owners to have a chance to open up their shop here in little Tokyo yeah, with the yeah. support of this whole community. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, that, so, you know, we want to see like affordable housing. We want to see affordable commercial space for those kinds of small businesses. And we want to see more cultural and community space um, so that places like East West Players, which is one of the longest running um, theaters of color in the nation, have like space to have their practices and their rehearsals. Which Is they- East West just by the Gist Cafe? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, yep, yep, yeah, yep. I've Union been in that Center. building. That place is haunted as I was taught on the Haunted Tokyo oh, Tour. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, I've heard about this ghost. <laughs> yes, spooky occurrences um, <laughs> on the regular yes, over there. Yes, I've yet to see, I mean, we've, we've also been told there's a ghost in the JACCC Adetani Theater in the base of the theater. I've yet to see this ghost, but you never know. There is a ghost in this pop-up oh. podcast studio that has <laughs> never been seen before and will leave with me. <laughs> oh my God. Anyway, uh, this is, uh, we are wasting your time and the audiences with this shtick of mine. <laughs> Let's get back to, we've got, we've, got the, we've got the past, we've got the goals. How are you executing on those goals? Yeah, so that is the, you know, the big picture is the sec- securing these pieces of public land um, so that the community can really develop um, the land in a way that actually supports our neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Um, and to get there, um, we're doing smaller community-driven projects um, that all obviously advocate for that future, the, the hopes yeah. for that, are what we call the community vision. Um, but but also just generally strength, help to strengthen the community. And basically, we brought together the community over the course of, I think it was six or seven months, to determine what some of these projects could be that they thought would be the most impactful. Um, and, uh, and a lot of what we have done has been really arts-driven, mm-hmm. um, that you know is trying to hit all of these, like the pillars of sustainability, so the historical, cultural, the small business, and the environmental. Um, and so we've done projects like, um, I think most recently, um, 
art at 341FSN, which is a long-winded name, but basically we are currently in 341FSN, which is pretty much the address, 341 1st Street. Yep. Um, and we are on the block 1st Street North, which is one of the three pieces of public land that I was talking about. So this is the next to go up for development. So this is really, this space that we are in is mm -hmm. representative of you know, our you know, really trying to put a stake in the ground and say this is our part of our community that we need to fight for. Um, and so Sustainable Little Tokyo with a really badass group of 11 vo totally volunteer, volunteer arts organizers, um, all mm -hmm. local artists, um, all actually, I, just, I didn't even realize until recently, they're all Asian American Pacific Islander and many of whom are Japanese American, um, all kind of, organized two months of nonstop programming in this space. We had 23 events. In this room in that this we're in room. right now? Yeah, 23 events, including youth art workshops, a community photo booth, and uh, two nights of about the reclamation of Japanese American musical heritage, mm -hmm. uh, just as a small sampling of, of you know, a pop-up bookstore um, with poetry from small presses, um, celebrating Asian American Pacific Islander, as well as you know the many communities around us. Um, it's just like one example, uh, like just a couple examples of, of what we did in this space, um, all really trying to say, you know, look, if we had a community and cultural space uh, we, we need more of this, more spaces like this, and we need that built on this block behind us. Um, yeah. And all that really, you know, were about the history of this community, were about the identity of this neighborhood, um, not just as a Japantown, but a historically multi-ethnic community. Um, yeah, it was so much fun. But that, that um, it was also, um, we had two small business pop-ups as a pilot um, really led yes, by. Yes, you did. Yeah. What were they called? Yes, uh, they were, so they wanted to say shout out to Mariko as really organizing these two pop-ups. We had mm -hmm. Shop Tenzo. Oh, yes, and, you did. <laughs> With and a then, banging video. Oh, yes, and then, um, which are not just Japanese, but primarily a Japanese kitchenware. Mm -hmm. um, and then we had Craft by Maki. Oh, which, oh. another banging video. Oh, this is two home run videos. <laughs> I just um, want to say, you're welcome. <laughs> um, yes, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Uh, so, yeah, also just to be a pilot for the kinds yeah. of like incubation spaces that we want. Um, and, and yeah, those were, that project was extremely successful, not just in, you know, the, art programming, but in mm -hmm. um, creating a small business incubation space. And the it really resonated with the neighborhood from what I've heard. It was, people were really excited to see the work that was being done here and to learn actually from one another. And to, yep, yep. Yeah. Nothing is cooler than seeing somebody kind of in your demographic doing something that you've always dreamt of doing and that they're right there, like to be in the room with them as they're in the early stages of building what you hope will become something much, much bigger. Yeah. Nothing is more invigorating than yeah. that. It's so cool. It's so cool to see yeah. that. Yeah. So. And we collected, <laughs> we collected 3000 petition signatures as a part of the campaign, um, for first street North. Um, so like it was also, you know, it was a lot of fun, a lot of fun period, but a lot mm -hmm. of fun, um, you know, art programming, but arts programming that was really grounded in this community work and our identity as a Japan town, but also was like a way for someone just walking down the street who just came here to go to Daikokuya, you know, to suddenly stumble into the space and learn about what is happening in this yeah, neighborhood yeah. and to get involved, you know, even if it's, if it's just signing the petition, that's still powerful. Um, and that we were, yeah, we were able to collect all of these, petition signatures and give them to our council member to say, this is what we want. People you, care. Yeah, people, people care. are invested. People, yeah. people have been swinging through. Yeah. And that we want their continued support in yeah. the development of this block. And so, it, yeah, it was just really fun, <laughs> but also, you know, a, a, I think a really like engaging way to get people involved in the like local politics. Yeah. 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 People, uh, people forget. I think I forget. Everybody forgets that there are ins to local politics. Like politics feel big and distant and scary and overwhelming and icky, but there it's your neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Like you can, you can just be a part of your neighborhood and still be active and involved. And 
please take the first pull. Oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. What'd you get? I got underrated sexual or romantic act. <laughs> okay. And uh, you get to choose. It doesn't have to be sexual. If you want to keep it more clean, you can go romantic. We can talk about your favorite romantic or you can ding the thing. <laughs> I feel like I'm, I feel obligated to answer this. It's like, What's what's a, what's a what's a romantic night for you? Oh my god! I mean, under underrated. Oh yeah, underrated. Yeah, it has we're to not be underrated. Yeah. Um, I think. I mean, maybe. Oh, what's a cheesy thing? I got one cheesy underrated. I mean, I can say one that's just cheesy. That probably do it. Go for it. Yeah. I mean, it's. <laughs> it's yeah, this is nerdy, but. uh uh, reading not not my own, but reading other people's reading poetry out loud to one another, which opens up the larger question: Do you write poetry? Oh no! I oh, mean, okay, so you I couldn't read your own. Somebody <laughs> no, paid you? No, 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 no. Okay, but no. reading <laughs> maybe Sitting that's under. Like, I don't know. Is that underrated? Is it? Uh, well, I think it could very well be sitting down, reading some poetry, and just kind of like snuggling up and talking about the meaning of it all and and yeah. how it how it how it lands in your heart. That's underrated. I don't think people do nearly enough of that. Nailed it. My turn. Let's see what I got for you. Uh, that one's irrelevant. Doesn't even make sense. How are we getting these? What's your most humiliating sexual experience? Knowing that you are allowed to dig if you want. This is... Wait, am I answering this? I could. You can turn it around on me. Anything's okay. There are no rules whatsoever. <laughs> Um, I, feel, I feel like I might have to ding that just for okay. my job. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. We're not trying to throw you under the bus. Please pull the next one. <laughs> Glad to be getting those oh out God, of I here. hope they're not all sexual. How has Los Angeles changed in your time here? Oh, this is from Mariko. Hey, welcome to the, welcome <laughs> to the program, Mariko. This feels planted. <laughs> um... You've spent your life here. Oh yeah, I mean, in my time here. So I guess, I guess, if my time here is my whole life, yeah, then yeah, it's drastically changed. I mean, I think downtown alone, as an example, like mm -hmm. I like I would n not usually ever come down to downtown because it didn't feel like you know, aside from little Tokyo and Chinatown and places like down like central downtown, there wasn't really any reason to come over unless you like had like a conference or something you had to go to at one of the big hotels or something. Yeah. Like um, the only reason to go to downtown, like center downtown is you've got $35 and you want to park a car. That's like the only yeah. reason you would go there. Yep. Yep. Um, so, I mean, yeah, downtown has changed so much. Um, you go there now. I mean, there's the, the what the Staples center or I go. No, I mean, that's a little farther down, but no, most of downtown aside from little Tokyo, I really don't usually go into cause I feel like it's one giant, just like drunk bar crawl. <laughs> it's yep. just like a series of bars and drunk people stumbling around. Yeah. Um, yep, yep. And that's not really, that's not really where I'm at right now. <laughs> Maybe 10 years ago. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. And I think like, yeah, I mean, little Tokyo is an example. Like, yeah, I mean, and when I was growing up, you know, we would come here for the festivals and we'd come mm -hmm. here for the museum. Do you have um, a yukata? No, no, okay. no. My, <laughs> I wish. <laughs> I wish I could have a really nice yukata. Um, you got to dream small. Yukatas are oh, yeah. easy no, to obtain. You could, you could get one if you want. <laughs> yeah, I know. And this is the place. This would be the You're place. You're 20, 30 bucks away from the best yukata <laughs> ever made. Um, yeah, but just like some of Little Tokyo is unrecognizable to me. There's, you know, these uh, enormous behemoth market rate complexes that are just mm -hmm. like up to the property lines, just like six stories high, just blocks that have no character. And that's not what I remember. Yeah. Um, I think what's, what is shocking, um, having grown up here is, I, I mean, I think like, you know, of course we talk about, you know, what it is and obviously why it's important to organize around, you know, helping people be able to stay home, like that people are being priced out of their homes yeah, many yeah. decades and businesses are being priced out, of course, of their homes. Um, 
but there, I mean, there's even like, just like a psychological toll on, uh, of gentrification and displacement. And because it's like a literal erasure of your memories, like you come to yeah, a place yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and they, it's not that place anymore. Yeah. And that's, yeah. that's really painful because it, that place holds your memories, your childhood, and there's no longer that place to that, that, that those memories are attached to it feels yeah. like a whole part of your life is ripped away from you. Um, and that's, yeah, that's, it's a, it's a violence. Um, I, I am, there was in my little town, it's a tiny little town and we had a bus that would go from my town to New York city. They stopped running that line and I still haven't been able to process it. Like six months ago they stopped and I, I don't understand the town without something as simple as that. So when you're talking buildings, when you're talking blocks changing, when you're talking yeah. the playground you grew up on is now another Starbucks. Like yeah. what, what, what does that cost the human heart? Yeah. Is it, yeah. it, it is a legitimate question, I believe. Yeah. But in the like positive end of things, like yes. that's what I, I feel like I've seen. I mean, and this is obviously what's happening before my time, but I just feel like I see it more visible that communities are just, they are organizing more, that mm -hmm. we're just tired of this. That, and in particular, communities of color that are finding ourselves, you know, after. You know, a community that was built because of redlining, that um, mm -hmm. really it's the those people that made this community what oh, it is today. Yeah, yeah, like they segregate you all together and then like are pissing and moaning that you have a, a community pushing back yeah, against the Yeah. Yeah, and that I think what I'm just seeing more and more of communities coming together and and uniting across communities. So it's not just about like we are here in Little Tokyo fighting for ourselves, but actually yeah. seeing that this is something happening not only across the city, but across the nation. Yeah, yeah. I, I've just, I feel like of the good that I've seen in this city and all of the changes is that we are, we are fighting back um, and we are organizing in ways that I think and I hope will, will help continue to make LA what it, what it is to me um, as a home. And that that's what I, that's what I'm hoping is that, yeah, as much as it's changing that this still will be LA to me and, you know, Awesome answer. I'm going to ding. Is it my pull? I think it's your pull. All right, let's do it. <laughs> I hope it's not sexual. <clears throat> Two out of three. Ah. Oh, that's my. <laughs> What's your favorite freeway? <laughs> wait, wait, my freeway. Okay. This is a need to know situation. <laughs> I know my answer. Okay, you go. Oh, wait, no, now I'm, I'm torn. I like the 134. I, I drive that across because I, I go between Glendale and, and Sherman Oaks a lot. So uh -huh. I feel a kinship with the 134. But good Lord, do I love going up the five out into the desert. That is very... F Ooh, but now that I think about it, the one is, it's really a blast to go and drive along the ocean. Is that a freeway though? Uh, there are <laughs> sections that you can go over 35. That's a highway. <laughs> okay, okay. You're the community organizer. I'm going to fight you on that one. What's your... Anyway, the question is for you. These are all bonus answers. What are you doing trying to trying to stress me out? What's your favorite freeway? Answer my own question. I didn't even Smarty actually pants. think that through. Um, I mean, I think it... it uh, <laughs> um, I think... It, I mean, it might be a section of a free. I don't know. Actually, there's so many that I love. I mean, <laughs> I like. I know because nothing's I better than driving freeway I, driving I, in Los Angeles on a weekday. Nothing yeah. will get you out of your head and into the into the world uh, at large. I mean, I think like. Oh, that is tough. I mean, I think it's a split. I'm just going to say them all, maybe. So I think it's a, it's a yeah, I'm just going to, you know, what's your favorite? I'm going to say my three top favorite. I'm just Give gonna, us your top yeah. three. So I think it is. Let me guess. I'm going to guess knowing your personality. One hundred and one. No. The two? No. And the ten. No. <laughs> All right. What do you what do you like? <laughs> it is the four oh five. Yeah, the four oh five ain't shit. Four, Get out of here, man. The no, dude, I just want it to be contradictory. <laughs> <laughs> the four oh five north through the Sepulveda Pass. Okay. Um, because that was, you know, that's, I grew up in the valley, so that was like a route home. And oh, I, and yeah, I, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and I think like you're tucked between the hills, so it yes. feels like a pretty unusual landscape in LA. Is that the one that goes to Universal? Am I wrong on that? No, it go it goes from like I mean it goes from West Side or like Santa Monica up through the hills into Sherman Oaks. Yep, 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 yeah. yep, yep. Okay, okay, I know the one now. Yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm a recent transplant. I'm still getting my feet on the ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What so, was the number again? 
The 405. Is heaven a traffic jam on the 405? Is heaven? No. Okay. I mean, that, I probably, I mean, probably all these, I would say, are, you know, in the middle of the night with no traffic. How fun is that? Like yeah. three in the morning when you can blast down those roads. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> uh, number two on your list. <laughs> number two um, is the... Actually, an interchange is the 110 and the 105 interchange. Oh, hold on. Let me check the question again. What? No, it doesn't say interchange on here. Okay, fine. So What's it's your the favorite one... off-ramp? <laughs> so that would, I guess I could just say the 110. Okay. Um, and the place on the 110 happens to be an interchange, but that is like a, that is a You're putting engine. the 110 above the 101. Yeah. Dude, get out of here. it's like an engineering wonder. You have, you have just like undermine your entire credibility for this episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, number three. What's number three? Number three is also the 110, but it's the Arroyo Seco Park. It's the Arroyo Seco Park Parkway. So okay. it's the original part of the freeway. Now, back when cars only went 50 miles per hour and they thought that having on-ramps that were 90 degrees and a five mile per hour exit were a smart idea. <laughs> I think I am highly suspicious that you are deep in the pocket of big 110 coming on here and <laughs> Two out of your three I, choices. I for 110. The 110 freeway. I'm picking one. That was actually a, a surprisingly good question. I would not have ever thought to write that one down. Three things you would tell your 15-year-old self? That's oh. it? Just Oh, just period. Things, three things that I would tell myself. No, no, no. It is a question mark at the end. Oh. <laughs> okay. Oh, well, in that case, I, I can answer these. <laughs> Um, what, are, what are three things you would tell your 15 year old self? How would you better prepare yourself for the uh, world? Now, and in this situation, this is you with a time machine. You get to go back and look yourself in the eyes and be like, look, man, here's what's coming. This isn't like a, an anonymous letter or something. This is you as a 15 year old have to contend with yourself as an adult while you're saying this. <laughs> Wait, but no, my, my, my current self is talking to my 15 year old. Yes, 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 yes. 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 <laughs> um, uh, talk to Grandma Oshima. Okay. <laughs> uh, because now, currently in my life, she's losing her memory. Uh, so I wish that I had talked more with her, uh, you know, about her memories and about what it was like growing up. Um, oh, I would say um, 15. Was I 15? No, I wasn't. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, for the coming being 16, you know, don't date 21 year olds. Okay. <laughs> That's, that would be helpful. Uh, and, oh, oh, 15. Um, oh, I don't know. I don't have that many. I don't have so many. Oh, 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 okay. Maybe, maybe don't. <laughs> These are all very specific. This isn't like. Mm -hmm. That's like okay. This is you and yourself. <laughs> Just be like, this is, like don't, tra don't transfer out of the North Hollywood zoological magnet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you knucklehead. Who, who does that? <laughs> yeah, because that was, that was a real special experience that I should not have given up. <laughs> Those are three beautiful pieces of advice yeah, that are maybe. not applicable to anyone, anyone else's. Yeah, no. The 1621, I think that might be that might be broader reaching. Oh, yeah, the, yeah. The yeah. Grandma Oshima. Actually, let's take that out of the the literal and put it into the abstract. Do, do talk to your grandparents because they, <laughs> they are can, gone yeah. too soon. If they're around, they have seen a world that you can't even imagine. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, don't waste that. And the third one uh, is very specific. <laughs> very specific. Yeah, when you're going to a hippie zoology, science yeah. school you know you should stay there when you're 15 <laughs> all right are we good you want to wind down i think i'm good i've are there things i think we covered Can I explain it. what i do for a job beautifully <laughs> the, i am so glad that i that you are the interviewee and i am not because your answers were much better than anything i could have ever <laughs> concocted let's do the wind down music and then let's get you out of here is that yeah. okay yes all right here we go This has been the Hollywood Fishbowl, and I've been your host, Jesse Kester. I will continue to be Jesse Kester as long as I live. And if you enjoyed what you heard, you can find us on the web at www. A mnemonic I use for that is worldwideweb.hollywoodfishbowl.com. If Instagram and Twitter is more your speed, you will find us at h 
W. Fishbowl. Now, for the handles, that's one W, not three. Please don't get them confused. But of course, it is not about us. It is about the guest, Scott. Should people find themselves in a position where they want to find you, where would you recommend they go? <laughs> I feel like I need to talk in a deep, in a deep voice. There it is. <laughs> you got that voice. <laughs> <You're> good. <laughs> I can't remember if I can do it the whole time. Hold it, I can't hold it. <laughs> Uh, for Sustainable Little Tokyo, it is sustainablelittletokyo.org. For Japanese American Cultural and Community Center, it is jaccc.org. And if you want to follow us on Instagram, it's at Sustainable Little Tokyo and at jaccc underscore la. Thank you so much for coming on. (laughs) Bye. Bye.